the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where's Kermit the Frog when you need him? Yeah, it would have been a nice touch if His Excellency Tom Wolfe had brought Kermit in to make the announcement that we'll be going green next Friday. That means uh, indoor entertainment centers can open, which I guess means theaters, but you'll probably be required to wear a mask. Bars and restaurants can open, sort of. Restrictions, I'm sure, on how many people are allowed in. Maybe masks in there, too. And here's a good one. The kids are going to be allowed to play sports. Now, that's about two months too late for high school kids who play sports and, and probably too late for organized baseball. And I have a question. Why do they have to wait until next Friday? I mean, how much safer are kids going to be, really, playing baseball next Friday than they would be playing tonight? Is, is it just because we've been locked into the stupid three-color phases? Or is there any real science that says we'll all be safer doing normal things seven days from now than we would be if we just started doing them like, you know, five minutes from now? When this started, we were told that we had to hide in our homes because if we caught this disease, we would die. We now know that that's not, that's not true. Uh, it's, it's only true with rare exceptions if you're really old and already sick. Since then, we've also found out that kids aren't in danger and that they don't transfer the virus to adults. So would it have been too much to ask for His Excellency to grant dispensations from his stupid rules instead of going by the book and waiting one more week? Uh, one more week might make a, a huge difference for someone, you know, who owns a business that's been shut down for three months. Would it have been that tough to just say, hey, you know what, as of right now, go ahead and do what you want? It's not like uh, His Excellency really cares. I mean, he and his Aunt Rachel just want to keep us safe. When we come back from the break, you're going to hear from State Rep Ryan Warren about what the legislature did last night to rein King Tom in a little bit. And speaking of sports, good news for girls who play sports. The Justice Department has ruled that allowing boys to compete against girls is a Title IX violation, even if the boy changes his name to Brittany. In our second half hour, we're going to talk to the attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom who represented the girls against the Connecticut version of our PIAA. This, by the way, is something that will make your favorite Democrat, including Joe Biden, very unhappy. And that's good. We'll be right back. about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. During difficult times, it's important not to be frozen by fear or complacency, thinking that Congress, the Fed, or your current financial planner will fix the impact of the pandemic on your retirement savings. The bottom line is, no one else is going to care about your retirement the way you do. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. 
Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines if you've had damage you may be eligible for free repair or replacement visit windowsrustpittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers you'll love their no pressure approach no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty why pay double trust the area's premier exterior replacement company that's windows or us pittsburgh Pittsburgh.com. Windows are us. Pittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book Gold is a Better Way, Owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, His Excellency uh, Tom Wolf, the governor of Pennsylvania, has decreed that we will all be green next Friday, which means you're allowed to get a haircut. The governor got some pushback from the legislature last night, and a little while ago I spoke with Ryan Warren, the state rep from District 52 in Fayette County. Ryan, thanks for being here. Hey, John, thank you very much for having me on the show. Always a privilege. So uh, you were on a few weeks ago uh, here because we saw some strong criticism of Governor Wolf on your Facebook page. Uh, I think it was on the page where you told him that you reminded him that he wasn't the king. Is he still acting like a king here a few weeks later? Yes, John, unfortunately, very much so. I do have good news, though. Um, late last night, the the House of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives did pass a resolution, House Re- Resolution eight thirty six, which would end the governor's disaster declaration. So basically, it would take away the governor's um, the source of all the governor's powers right now. Wow. So. I think it's a that's a very important step forward. Now it's a concurrent resolution, so the Senate has to has to still take it up. 
but it, look, it was a it was a historic move. Uh, it's never been done, as far as I know, in the state of Pennsylvania. But look, you you have people across the state that are fed up. The governor was even getting pressure from people in his own party in the Philadelphia area. So you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, I think it was an important step forward as a legislature to try to gain power back and bring it back to the people. Yeah, that's um, so. So as of today, what's changed as far as the people in Pennsylvania are concerned? And the next time they see the governor on TV telling them what to do, is he still is he still out there calling the shots without having to uh, deal with the annoying uh, aspect of you know having an actual legislature? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, even today, I know that the governor is going to be making an announcement at, at some point. Uh, gotten word that many of the counties in southwestern Pennsylvania will be moving. Uh, it will not be announcing that they'll be moving to green next week. But, you know, here's the thing. The governor constantly says, John, that all his decisions are driven on data and science. But to this day, no one knows how you get to green. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mystery. As far as I know, it's a subjective decision. There's nothing, there's, there's no guidelines, no data that says, okay, this is how you get to green. Uh, even when you are in green, the rules have changed. I mean, that's one common theme that we've seen here is that the rules and the goalposts for things are in constant flux. So to answer your question, though, John, yes, it, it remains the same. The governor is still calling shots, still making unilateral decisions, still acting in an authoritarian manner. And, you know, frankly, at this point, going into three months into the original disaster declaration, I think it's it's despotism. So I, I, that's why I was happy that we got the resolution passed yesterday. Yeah, so now that you have Resolution 836, what do you do if – uh, I'm talking not you personally, but you as a House of Representatives. What do you do if uh, he comes out and says that everybody has to st- uh, start start wearing their underwear on the outside, uh, and you don't think that's a really good idea? You know, I mean, what do you do about it? Yeah, I, I mean, that's the uh, look. I mean, that, that's the point that we that you know that we are making with this resolution is that. I've constantly said, John, one man, I don't care what the situation is, one man should not have the power to rule 13 million. Uh, and in the case of other states and whatever their populations are, it just, it, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, but it, I mean, as you mentioned right now, the governor could come out basically with a, with a quote unquote law saying that you'd have to do that. Uh, as ridiculous as it sounds, and you could be breaking the law by not adhering to it. So, uh, I, I mean, that's that's just it, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, and frankly, it needs to end. It's time for this to end. It's time for us to make laws and regulations like a republic, as we are intended with elected officials through a legislature. And how bipartisan was this resolution? It was mainly on party lines. I believe that there were eight or nine Democrat votes. Um, from from their party, so I mean, they did have bipartisan support. The, the I believe almost all those Democrats were from Western Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Um, so um, so has the lockdown just gone on long enough? I mean, is that pretty much the simplest way to say? Yeah, it? I mean, look, the governor's lost the the the. You know, you can only govern when people give you consent to govern, and and the, the governor he, he's lost that right. Um, you know, I, in the, the debate from my colleagues from the other side of the aisle, they constantly remarked about, as the governor does, science and data, science and, and data, that we can't take away the governor's power because of science and, and data. But I've made the point that, okay, Governor Wolf and Secretary Levine do not own a monopoly on science, Okay. So, for example, let's look at the the state of Florida, John. They have uh, roughly 21 million people in the state of Florida, and they've had less than half of the COVID deaths that we've had. They've had 2,000-some COVID deaths. Pennsylvania, 13 million people. 
and we've had about 5,000, a little over 5,000 COVID-19 deaths. Florida, 21 million, 2,000 COVID deaths. And, and why? Well, because, John, their science in Florida, the governor of Florida, they decided their science that they weren't going to put COVID-positive patients back in the nursing homes. Governor Wolf's science said that that was a good idea, and now 70% of our deaths are from nursing homes. Yeah, so go ahead. No, I, and I was just going to say, I mean, the governor's science said that we couldn't open up construction in Pennsylvania when every other state did. The governor's science said that we were going to close down truck stops when every other state had them open. The governor's science said that his former cabinet company was still able to produce cabinets to sell to who because the construction industry was closed people out of state, but that was the governor's science. So my point was, you know, again, my colleagues on the other side of the aisle constantly talk about science. Like the governor doesn't have a monopoly on science. And frankly, the science that he's using is wrong. Well, here's some science for you. Uh, This is not necessarily germane to what we were saying, but this is from the uh, New New England Journal of Medicine. Okay. I don't know when they said this. But just think about what you see on the street and what you see at every store you go in and what you hear the governor and uh, Rachel say, talking about all the time. This is, uh, this is from the um, New England Journal of uh, Med- Medicine. We know that wearing a mask outside health care facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure to COVID-19 as face-to-face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least a few minutes, and some say for more than 10 minutes or even 30 minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from a uh, passing interaction in a public space is therefore minimal. So you got everybody in Pennsylvania and in the United States, for that matter, is being made to feel like a terrible person if you're not out jogging, you know, uh, or playing tennis while wearing a mask. Uh, That's... That's a. I mean, I, I don't. That's not some fly-by-night organization. That's the New England Journal of Medicine. And so, how does how does the governor get away with with this, the, deciding that I have to wear a mask? Yeah, John, you bring up a great point. Um, not only, um, not not only that article that that you're mentioning, but I just saw yesterday that the World Health Organization. Uh, has made a statement that wearing masks are only necessary if you're dealing or in direct contact with a COVID positive patient. In fact, they recommend you don't wear one. Yeah. Uh, and and any, in any other instance, and this has changed even even from you know even from the CDC um, from the federal level. I mean, in the beginning, we weren't supposed to wear you know you weren't supposed to wear masks. Uh, so uh, I. I've watched people wear masks, and I've witnessed one thing in, in a group setting because, you know, there's 203 members of the House of Representatives. Yeah. And what I've noticed is that people constantly touch their face, which <laughs> I think is probably more dangerous after coming in contact, your hands touching, uh, but possibly something with uh, COVID on it and, and touching your face. So, uh, you know, uh, again, it's, just a, it's, a, it's another thing that I think is ridiculous. John, you can cross the the border here, uh, you know, in, in our southwestern area here. We're not far from Ohio, West Virginia. I'm about mm-hmm. 30 minutes from from Morgantown, and you know, not not only can you go there and not wear a mask, you can go sit down and have a meal at a restaurant. You can go to a bar. Uh, you can live life down there. Uh, so it's you know, it, it's I, it's not like the coronavirus can see across state lines, you know. Again, their sign says that's okay. Why doesn't ours? Yeah, and almost seventy uh, percent of, the, as you mentioned, the, of the COVID uh, nineteen deaths have come from nursing homes. Um, are the governor and the health department secretary are they cooperating and trying to find out why, or are they doing the opposite when people are trying to find out what happened there? Well, supposedly there's an investigation into what's what happened at the at the nursing homes. I mean, I, I don't know any of the the findings or or how detailed that that investigation is, but it, it. I mean, in my opinion, you can go look at 
individual nursing homes. But the fact it remains at the top level, John, the decision was made that we would accept COVID positive patients into nursing homes, which in my opinion is ridiculous because we, we had a heads up knowing that this virus has the greatest impact on the sick and the elderly. And we chose to, I don't know, ignore that and put COVID-19 positive patients in nursing homes. Now, again, I mentioned Florida. There's other states that did it too. Um, Florida was one of the last states to shut down their businesses. They were one of the first to open back up. And again, they have, they have more people, a greater population density than us. And everyone from New York went to Florida after, after the outbreak there. So they had tons of people coming from New York and they still have lower numbers from, from us because they did one thing. They protected the most vulnerable. They protected the people that this virus affects. Yeah, we're talking to Ryan Warner. He's this uh, representative of the 52nd District in Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I'm also seeing that, that um, uh, studies, and, and not just studies, but the facts from uh, what's happened in other countries around the world, they're finding that kids don't either, are very uh, unlikely to even get the disease, but when they do, they do not transfer it to adults. So the schools remain closed, and um, and I don't know what's the governor saying about schools. Uh, I mean, we're not we're we're getting pretty close here. It's going to be June next week, uh, you know, for for them to open up again. What's going to happen there? Well, initially, the secretary of education made a statement that he didn't believe that schools were going to be open in the fall or that it was up in the air. But recently, I don't know, I haven't heard anything directly from the governor, but I know Secretary uh, Riviera, the Secretary of Education, has made a statement that they are going to try to get the kids back in school in the fall. And, you know, one of the, the, the biggest pushbacks, I guess, to that, John, wouldn't necessarily be the, the children as far as it is the, the teachers. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that I just saw a poll that I and I, I don't know where I don't know where it ca- this came from, but I, I saw it on a couple of news sources that one in five uh, teachers said that they weren't comfortable going back in school. So uh, I, I, I think, back, that, I guess. yeah, so, I'd, you know, that's the that's where I guess the pushback would be. But because, as you mentioned, this has very little effect uh, on on our youth, on, on children. There seems to be very little uh, in fact, I'm not even aware of any um, of, of any deaths um, in our state under I think under no. 40 or 50 years old. So, no. um, yeah, it has very limited effect on on children. But they're all going to be expected to wear masks, of course. Um, so uh, I only have about a minute left here, uh, Ryan, and I'm up against a break. Just uh, in general, what are you hearing from your constituents? And I, I'm, I'm I want to include Democrats in that. Not just your Republican, the the people maybe who didn't vote for you. What are they saying to you? Yeah, John, I think the now look. Not everyone's going to come to a consensus, but the overwhelming majority, both Democrat and Republican, want to want to open back up. I mean, they are tired. You know, look, we were told that we needed to we needed to bear down and shut down for a few weeks to flatten the curve. And I think everyone was okay with that. Many business, I mean, it still hurt business owners, but I think the general population was okay with that initial assessment. But again, going into three months, I think the general census is, okay, let's open up businesses. We can have different regulations and safety guidelines, follow CDC protocols. That's fine. We're willing to do that, but it's time to open up businesses. And and that's my sentiment. Look, we can follow CDC guidelines. Uh, we can follow safety protocols and open up these businesses. Hey, Ryan, uh, thanks a lot for being on. We'll have you on again. I like, uh, I like the idea that you got that resolution. And, uh, keep us updated on what's happening down there in Harrisburg. Hey, anytime, John. Very happy to be on. Thank you. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. U.S. Attorney General William Barr says he's confident justice will be served after the restraint death of a black man in Minneapolis police custody. Barr said in a statement that the videos of George Floyd's death were harrowing to watch and deeply disturbing. 
White police officer Derek Chauvin has been charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. President Trump has announced that the U.S. will be terminating its relationship with the World Health Organization. He said the WHO failed to adequately respond to the coronavirus because China has total control over the global organization. He noted that the U.S. contributes about $450 million to the world body, while China provides about $40 million. The stock market erased an early drop and ended mixed. The Dow lost 17 points. The Nasdaq gained 120, and the S&P was up 14. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Dr. Sebastian Gorka sees us drifting from our principles. Has America become a land of no consequences? I see A.G. Barr states, the Attorney General, don't expect criminal investigations of Barack Obama or Vice President Biden as a result of our investigations of the Russian collusion hoax. Where are the consequences? America First, afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I had a lot of credit card debt, and I couldn't pay my bills, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. They were able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off $15,000 in 18 months. It's a godsend. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Relief factor Pain relief, it's natural pain relief that works. And pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic. We've got the answer. An accident in Ross County, Babcock Boulevard at 19 McKnight Road. We also got delays on the Parkway East. Outbound Greenfield Bridge overpass to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Couple extra minutes to get through it. Westbound Turnpike. Crash has now moved off to the shoulder between Cranberry and Beaver Valley. Construction in Monroeville down to one lane on William Penn Highway between Golden Mile Highway and Alpine Village Drive. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Watch for a severe evening thunderstorm, otherwise cloudy and cooler for tonight. Low 54, clouds and sunshine. Breezy on Saturday, high 70. Saturday night, patchy clouds, low 45. Sunday, sunny and cool with a high 64. Mostly sunny on Monday with a high 71. Tuesday, high 76. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, some good news for girls who play sports and for their parents and for anybody who knows anything about sports, actually. 
Yesterday, the Justice Department ruled that it is a violation of Title IX to force girls in Connecticut to compete against boys in high school sports. What does it mean beyond that? Well, Christiana Holcomb is the uh, attorney from Alliance Defending Freedom who represented the girls against the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference. She joins us now. Christiana, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's just do a quick summary of where this all began, uh, as you know, as a, the Cliff the Cliff Notes version of it. Sure. So back in 2017, the Connecticut Athletic Association passed a policy that allows biological males to compete in the girls' category. Since that time, males have taken 15 women's state championship titles um, from deserving young female athletes. So a number of young women stood up, and Alliance Defending Freedom filed a Title IX complaint on their behalf, asking the U.S. Department of Education to investigate and to require Connecticut to bring its policy into compliance with Title IX. Okay, and was your argument that allowing boys to compete was actually, or had actually, abolished uh, girls-only sports? In effect? Yes, in essence. In effect, yeah, it had reduced women's sports to co-ed because you now have biological males competing in the girls' category. And not just competing, but taking away championship titles, podium spots, and advancement opportunities from deserving female athletes. Yeah, and um, I've done a lot on this uh, story, and um, the girls, the way it works for people who don't understand how it it, it takes away from advancement opportunities, um, if you have a a track meet and the first five finishers, say, uh, go on to the regionals and you have two boys competing, that means that two boys and three girls go on to the regionals, and that means that two girls who could go on to the regionals, and not just for the glory of going on to the regionals, but that's where the coaches are that give out the scholarships, correct? That's exactly right. And it flies in the face of Title IX and everything that it was designed to provide young female athletes. Uh, Title IX was intended to ensure that girls have equal athletic opportunities with boys. But if you've got males who can compete in the male division and advance to championships, and they're also able to advance to championship titles in the girls' division. Now, girls are losing out on those opportunities, the public recognition, the opportunity to compete in front of college scouts, which is really huge and could have an impact on their ability to earn college scholarships and, and pursue their future careers. And in the lawsuit, ADF argued that it is a concrete threat to Title IX gains because, quote, Inescapable facts of the human species are not stereotypes, social constructs, or religious uh, uh, or, or a past discrimination. Um, what was the state athletic organization's argument to that? Because, I mean, I, I, this seems pretty inescapable. <laughs> well, the state athletic association seems pretty confused about what a woman is. So they're essentially saying that any male who identifies as female therefore becomes a woman. Well, both science and common sense tell us that just is not the case. You know, what we're talking about and what really matters for the purpose of athletics is biological sex. You know, the biological advantages that males intrinsically have just by virtue of being male, not because they identify as such or because they work harder or train harder than women do, but because they have male bodies and male physiology. You know, those those basic biological differences between men and women is the whole reason we have women's sports as a separate category in the first place. Yeah, you know, and uh, we're talking to Christiana Holcomb of the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, And what you say is is, it's almost... um, embarrassing to have to point it out i mean it's just such such an obvious thing that that you had to go through a lawsuit and an investigation by the uh by the civil rights uh office of the edu- department of education and uh, this does not seem like something that should, should be um disputed but uh, i mean you were in the courtroom there or you were in the involved in the in the back and forth what what kind of arguments did they make when someone threw that back in their face and said, what, you, you, you don't know, do you know anything about sports, you know, that, that men can <laughs> yeah, run faster it, than women? I mean, what, how is, why is this complicated for anybody? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's really astounding that it's even controversial to say that if we're going to have women's sports, only women should be competing in that category. 
But unfortunately, the other side uh, seems to be blinded by ideology and is really focused on um, essentially if you identify as something, you can become that. But again, Mm -hmm. athletics and Title IX are all about understanding that there are fundamental differences between males and females, differences that should be celebrated, differences that society is right to recognize. And especially in the context of athletics where males have inherent physical advantages that give them a performance edge in sports, it makes sense to protect the female category in order to ensure that female athletes like my clients, Selena, Chelsea, and Alana, have a fair and level playing field from which to really showcase their talents and to, to be champions. So now that the uh, Department of Justice uh, and the Department of Education has uh, ruled in your favor, what does this mean for girls competing in sports in Connecticut from this point on? Well, as you say, the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights did issue a letter stating very clearly that Connecticut's policy allowing males to compete in the girls' category violates federal law, which is an incredibly encouraging step forward. But it's not the end of the road yet. So the Office for Civil Rights has given Connecticut up until June 4th to bring its policy into compliance with Title IX. If it refuses to do that, though, the the, uh, CIAC, the Athletic Association, could stand to lose its federal funding and um, or the Connecticut, uh, excuse me, the Office of Civil Rights could choose to uh, send us over to the Department of Justice for further enforcement action. So we're still at a preliminary phase, but it's a very encouraging step in the right direction. But so let's just say that now you say they could be de- denied the funding uh, because of a violation of Title IX. Would it just be the the um, the Connecticut uh, State Athletic Organization uh, that would be denied the funding, or are you talking about you know the the funding being denied the state of Connecticut for education from the federal government? No, so we're talking about the Connecticut Athletic Association and the five public school districts that are involved in this case. School districts that either have entered males into girls' competitions, or the school districts of the girls themselves that have only made available competition that's unfair that that includes biological males so again but that's we're not there yet but that is certainly something that these public school districts and the athletic associations both in connecticut and frankly across the country should be should be taking note of and what what will it ever get down to the point that you have to prove that you're a female I mean, uh, somebody shows up and they transfer from another school and the person is wearing a dress and has long hair and is wearing makeup and says, I'm a girl. At some point, if somebody suspects that it's not, is there going to be somebody making them get undressed and show them that, you know, what what sex they are? <laughs> no, how do you, not how do you force it? And I don't, no, not whatsoever. I don't think it'll come to that. Let's be real. We've had women's sports for nearly 50 years now, and that's never been been necessary. What we're trying to do, though, is to ensure that women's sports can continue to move forward as a separate category so that biological females, and look, we all know who biological females are, um, and should be able to continue to compete in their own separate category in order to enjoy a fair and a level playing field. Well, uh, to, to cut through all the legal gobbledygook here for people who aren't as close to it as you are, what um, that they have twenty days. But uh, let's say that uh, there's actual school in September and uh, there's kids competing in sports. Um, will it be resolved by then, or, or is it likely to be tied up in in uh, red tape and legalities? Choosing to say. Uh, we certainly would hope that it would be resolved prior to the start of school so that girls who start fall sports would know that they're competing against other biological females, but it's just too early to know whether that will be the case. Okay, now, um, what about the precedent being set here? What does it do for, um, I mean, this is just in Connecticut, but what does it do for the rest of the states does it have to be contested in each state individually, or will, could this be something that could really have a gigantic uh, effect on the entire country? Well, as I mentioned, this is a, a letter not at the end of the administrative process, but um, sort of a, a preliminary 
letter of conclusions in for and related to the Connecticut policy. So as of right now, the bottom line is it applies to the Connecticut policy and schools there in Connecticut. But I do think it is something that school districts, universities, and um, athletic associations across the country really should be paying close attention to because the federal agency charged with enforcing Title IX has for the first time made a public uh, statement that allowing biological males to compete in the girls' category clearly violates Title IX. So if you were uh, called on to represent someone in another state in a similar situation, you would go in armed with this as a precedent, though? It's not a precedent. So this is an administrative document. It was not one that was um, issued in the course of litigation or anything of that nature. It's It's an administrative process. But it's not a legal precedent. Really That's correct. Mean, it's not a legal precedent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but is it? I guess what I'm trying to get at is is it is this the beginning of the end of of this stupidity, or is it the uh, beginning of the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> well, one can certainly hope that other athletic associations and schools across the country will take note of this and will voluntarily move forward with protecting fairness for girls. I mean, that's what this is all about. It's all about protecting a fair playing field for female athletes, which is something that everybody ought to be able to get behind and support. And this is, this is involved with Title IX, so the government's involved in it. Um, and, you know, there's, there's the issue of funding, and that's, that's how Title IX is enforced by the threat of, of um, eliminating the funding. But what about uh, if it was a situation where um, it was not a school, it was not a, a state athletic association, it was, uh, you know, a, a, rec, a rec league that's, that somebody uh, is saying that, you know, they don't want their daughter competing against boys. Uh, what recourse would they have and how, and how would it be different from this? Or would it be? Well, as you note, as you note uh, Title IX only applies to entities and organizations that receive federal dollars. That really would be the, the principal question there um, at first is whether or not they receive any sort of federal funding. And if they do, they're required to comply with the clear written language of Title IX, which is that it protects on the basis of biological sex. And as we you know, have argued and known all along, and now the U.S. Department of Education has confirmed, that means that it violates Title IX to allow a male to compete in the female category. And for people who don't know, the, the Equality Act was... Uh um, passed with uh, not passed, but the Democrats voted unanimously in favor of the Equality Act, which uh, includes not being able to exclude someone from uh, sport based on their biological sex. They would have to be included uh, based on their identity. Um, so there, there, that's a that's a big hurdle to climb there, isn't it? Or to jump over, isn't it? Well, as you know that terrible piece of legislation has not been passed into law. So that's not something we currently need to worry about. But I will say that if the Equality Act should pass, it poses a significant threat to the future of women's sports as a separate category. And we might even face a point at which we simply have men's sports and co-ed sports, no longer a separate category for women. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, this is this is not a, <laughs> a legal discussion, but just between you and me, I guess, is that uh, what I mean? What requires someone to uh, to be identifying as a as a member of the other opposite sex? I mean, can can a can a kid show up dressed looking one hundred percent like a boy, no makeup, you know, um, and and just looking obviously like a male, but but says I identify as female? What's to prevent him uh, from competing as a girl? These policies certainly vary from state to state and athletic association to athletic association. But in Connecticut, I will say that there was one, one of the biological male athletes did compete on the boys' team for three seasons and then two weeks later turned around and began competing on the girls' team. And there was, there was nothing in the policy that stopped something of that nature from taking place. So again, um, at bottom, what Alliance Defending Freedom is seeking, both through the litigation and through this administrative complaint, is to ensure that only biological girls are competing in girls' sports. 
so that my clients and other female athletes in Connecticut can have a fairness in their sport. Hey, Christiana. Christiana, I'm out of time, uh, and I really appreciate you uh, being here. Also, congratulations on what I think is a, a big win, and it's, it looks like at least a good start toward uh, uh, eliminating the insanity. I really appreciate you being on here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you. And that's Christiana Holcomb. She's from Alliance Defending Freedom, and they won up in Connecticut. But where does it go? That's what we're going to have to wait and see. We'll be right back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest-rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Just call 800-900-8000. It's time to stop being crazy. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, you know, maybe I have to apologize to this week's winner. You know, maybe we concentrate a little too much on the jerks on the national stage. And that means that we've neglected some of the jerks close to home. And there are plenty of them. So with apologies, this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week is our governor, Tom Wolf, And... Uh, Not necessarily for anything that he did this week, but, you know, just for his performance since the pandemic arrived. Press conferences that aren't really press conferences because there are no people there. Uh, Just one of his aides reading pre-approved questions, which should have gotten him the award before now, by the way. And we might be able to justify a group uh, jerks of the week award for the media who have uh, let him get away with that. I don't know if they're still doing it, but if they are, that's kind of jerky. And uh, his overall lack of transparency makes him a worthy winner, too. Governor Wolf also called people who defied his edicts and opened their businesses or 
I guess, didn't wear masks uh, or didn't stay six feet apart from each other. He called them cowards. And maybe I missed it, but I don't think I've seen him or his right-hand person, Aunt Rachel, wearing a mask ever. Again, I may have missed it. I just don't remember seeing it. But uh, Tom's been acting like a king and not paying attention to all the after effects of his shutdown, which it says here will be looked back on as a major overreaction. And in the case of the nursing homes, where 70% of the deaths have occurred, it'll be looked back on as a case of the government doing a really, really good job of making things worse. So His Excellency, Governor Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania, is this week's Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. And we're finishing up a week here, and uh, I guess uh, one thing we weren't uh, planning on for this week was a gigantic riot in a major American city. Uh, which we got in Minneapolis. In case you haven't heard, the uh, the cop who killed George Floyd by s- kneeling on his neck for six minutes has been arrested and will be charged with third-degree murder. That's good. What's not good is that uh, the, the rioters and looters, uh, and who have been referred to as demonstrators by some, um, t- destroyed a lot of property, stole a lot of things in, in Minneapolis, there's actually a, a video of a, a, a CNN reporter. He's saying he's actually saying that this is more of a demonstration than a riot. And as he's saying it, he's standing in front of a building that's on fire. But he says they're they're the the, the people are pretty well under control. They're not under control. It looks like a a, a bomb. Or many bombs were dropped in that neighborhood. But one of the uh, sad stories was a black business owner, a guy who invested his entire life savings in a sports bar. He's seen on video crying. His name's K.B. Bala. He owns Scores Sports Bar, and they destroyed his place. He's a black guy, and his place was destroyed. Uh, you know, I think maybe the focus or the, or the energy is directed in the wrong direction. We're being told this is a systemic problem. Maybe you ought to devote your time uh, going after the people who run the system, you know, the Democratic mayor, the Democratic police commissioner, the democratically appointed police chief. Those are the people who run the system. Let's blame them. That's it for this week. Thanks to Mike and Darren for helping out on the producing, and I'll see you on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. 